It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. From the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox and Friends, it's America's receptive voice, Brian Kilmeade. Hey, happy Friday. How are you? I'm having a great day because it's Friday Memorial Day weekend. Uh, living at the Jersey Shore, which means that it will be cold and rainy the entire weekend, which it's pretty much setting up to do. It's cold. It was warm yesterday. It was warmer earlier in the week up Memorial Day. It's going to be cold and rainy. So, but regardless, I hope everybody has um, a wonderful weekend. And also remember what this weekend really is about. It really annoys me when people don't take time to really remember on Memorial Day. It, the, the the meaning is right in the name, Memorial Day. So you should take time to remember. I actually had the opportunity a couple of years ago to go to Arlington National Cemetery on the Saturday of Memorial Day weekend. It was a zoo. It was just totally crazy. But if you never get it, that's one thing you should really do is go to Arlington um, on a Memorial Day weekend. Yes, it's crazy. The parking's crazy. But the experience is something you will always remember. You will always remember it because all the flags on all the graves, and if you have the opportunity, it's something I've always wanted to do, uh, and I have not had the opportunity to do it, is go down there and do the flags where they put the flags on the each one. Each grave gets a flag on it for Memorial Day, and uh, it's just amazing to see. And even though it was crazy, people were so reverent. They really were. And it was so nice to see because there's, there's an air. If you've never been to Arlington, there's an air about Arlington that, um, it just, I I can't explain it, but you walk in there and there's this air of, this is a special place and, and you get the gravity of it. And you, and you under, you, you understand what's happening there. And even people who, you know, I think normally you would never want to be in a public place with get it. And there are people who will tell you if you're not being quiet, they'll tell you to be quiet. So, um, it's, it's something that you definitely should do. And like I said, I, this Memorial day always reminds me of, I think it was like two or three years ago, three years ago when I went and, um, it was worth fighting for a parking spot. It was worth sitting in the traffic to get into Arlington. It was worth all of that just to be able to have that experience and to seal those wonderful flags on every single grave and also going to the tomb of the unknowns and watching the changing of the guard. And I mean, it was one wreath after another being laid there. And one of the things that really struck me about that was there were a lot of kids, a lot of school age kids doing that. And to me, so important because I don't think our kids are learning that part. Our kids aren't learning history and our kids are being taught that America is a terrible place. So it was really great to see kids being taught that America is good and that America is a play, a very special place. So, um, just try to take a moment, teach your kids a little bit about what this day is about. I think that's really, really important. I just want to, um, just go through some of the news that's been coming out here. Uh, there's, there's, we've got a lot of COVID news. There's some news on the economy. Uh, also the Biden's ATF pick to the, the guy he wants to head ATF, 
being a huge anti-gun guy. So that's somewhat, I think, ridiculous. But I guess if you're a Democrat, it makes total and complete sense. But those two words usually are never seen in a, in a sentence together, Democrats and making sense. So um, Biden's 2022 budget would push federal spending to the highest level since World War II. He's going to unveil his budget today, this budget proposal. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's a six trillion with a T. Trillion with a T. Do you remember when trillion with a T was unheard of? And you'd be like, wait, what? How much is that? And we, we you know, you'd, you'd go, wow, I've never trillion. I remember when we didn't know what came after billion. And now we're like, we throw around trillion like it's nothing. It would push the federal spending to its highest sustained level since World War II. Now, Biden probably remembers World War II, so this is probably why he's like, hey, the good old days are back. His plan asks the federal government to spend $6 trillion in the 2022 fiscal year for total spending will hit 8.2 trillion by 2031 and this is according to documents that were obtained by the New York Times if congress accepts this which lord i would hope the Demo the republicans would stand against this but you never know or they'll just keep negotiating. Democrats will hold firm and Republicans will just keep negotiating up, 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 up until Democrats get eventually what they really wanted. Like Democrats do what, what Trump did. President Trump was great because he would he would say, I want 50 billion when he really only wanted like 30. But he would ask for 50 and then he would settle for close to what he wanted. Right. So he actually got what he really wanted, but he made Democrats feel like he would always make you feel like you got to deal with him. Now, the federal government, if this budget is accepted, will spend more as a share of the economy each year than any other time since World War II, with the exceptions of 2020 and 2021, because of the COVID relief spending, trillions and trillions in COVID relief spending. The two programs that are costing all this, the, America, the American Jobs Plan and the American Families Plan, which think about this, the American Jobs Plan, can I just say, I see help wanted signs everywhere. Yet we're, we're saying that people need help because people don't have jobs. There are a lot of unfilled jobs in this country, and there are people who won't go back to their job because we're paying them to stay home, which is part of the Democrats' game book. It's part of their plan. And this is what they want. They want universal basic income because they don't want you to work. If they can control how much money you get, you know, and if they can control how much food you have, if they can control the roof over your head, if they can control your health care, health care, they have total control over you. And the Democrats, you know, replacing God with government, all good things come from the government. If they can do that, then they have total and complete control. The government has complete control over you. Take away your guns. You can't defend yourself from the government. You're done. And they get their one party takeover for the, for the next generation easily. That's what this is about. At least in my mind, this is what this is about. Uh, Biden intends to pass a massive hike in corporate taxes. As we know, income taxes on households making $400,000. And then he says he would not raise taxes for individuals making more than 400,000. But if you, that may be so, but if you make 
200,000 and your partner makes 201,000, you're now over the 400,000 mark. Um, the tax on corporate income will be pushed from 21 to 28% while they're at the same time trying to get companies back to manufacturing back into the United States. Why would you come back to the United States if you can go keep your manufacturing in a foreign country and pay less in taxes and still sell your, your product to the United States? It doesn't make any sense. Why would you come back to the United States to pay more in taxes? That was something that Trump did, lowering that corporate tax rate. Uh, it included alongside the jobs plan is the Made in America tax plan. And that authorizes the IRS to crack down on what they're calling tax cheating and loopholes among high income earners. Here's the deal. If they're following the law, it's not cheating. If, if Congress built loopholes in, guess what? It's not cheating. It's kind of like when the Bidens, when they... Uh, opened up, they formed uh, an LLC for their book profits in order to have it go through the the LLC because it was a different tax structure. So the Bidens did it. So now they want to close that loophole. There are so many companies in this country that are LLCs, that are limited liability companies, that are S-corps as well. And those are most of the small businesses in this company, in this company, in this country. You know, so I'm curious, you know, inflation is going up. Uh, that has to do with all of this, you know, with the budget spending. Inflation going up. So I want to know, are you seeing prices going up? Because I'm going to tell you a story about my girl, my Rhoda, my, one of my BFFs, Rhoda, love her to death, um, being surprised that prices are going up. And I'll tell you what she had to say to me about that. 866-408-7669, 866 866- Four zero eight seven six six nine is the number. We're going to talk about inflation creeping in, and you're going to have more of the spending, which is just throwing gasoline on the fire. So it's just going to make inflation speed up, and you're going to see more prices going up. But are you seeing that happening? I also want to know if you're seeing help wanted signs the way I am. Or if you own a small business, are you having trouble getting people to come back to work? It's happening all over the country, but yet we're going to put more money out there because we people don't have jobs. doesn't make a lot of sense to me. 866-408-7669. I'm Mary Walter. You're listening to The Brian Kilmeade Show. Expanding your knowledge base, it's Brian Kilmeade. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com. As many of you know from your own life experiences, a life in so-called blue-collar work is something to be proud of. It is very rewarding to work that has impact on your friends, your neighbors, and your family's lives. Great successes can be had in the blue-collar career. There's no degree requirement for achieving comfort, peace, and freedom. While schools cut shop classes and funnel students into colleges, there are plenty of options for hard workers who are ready to take advantage of open positions. Many young people today assume that college is the only way to achieve success in life. That is not true. Let me introduce you to Ken Rusk. Ken spent his younger years digging ditches and working in construction. He never went to college. Instead, he made goals, planned, and worked hard for 30 years. Now Ken is a successful entrepreneur with multiple businesses and revenue streams. In his national best-selling book, Blue Collar Cash, Ken shares his insights from over 30 years of working in 
Blue Collar Trades as an entrepreneur, mentor, and life coach. Now he's created a guide made specifically for you and your unique situation. This guide will give you or someone you love the tools you need to start designing the life of their dreams. You can achieve your dreams regardless of your educational background or your past. Go to KenRusk.com slash path to learn more. That's KenRusk.com slash path. A talk show that's real. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. I certainly agree that we don't want inflation to pick up and be embedded um, in the American economy going forward. The recent inflation that we've seen will be temporary. It's not something that's endemic. Um, I expect it to last, um, however, for several more months and to see high annual rates of inflation through the end of this year. That was Janet Yellen talking about the rise in prices that people are starting to see everywhere. Uh, Prices jumped higher. Consumers are spending more on goods, housing, and imports in the first quarter compared to what they thought it was going to be compared to estimates. Personal consumption jumped 11.3%, which was an unexpected increase. And they're saying that that because consumer spending is is good and shows that people have confidence now, people are back out because uh, COVID is over. People are, are spending money and they're getting back out. And they say this indicates the economy was stronger than um, people thought, which calls into question all this spending Joe Biden wants to do to jumpstart the economy, right? But price increases are up, and that, they say, indicates stronger inflationary pressures. And uh, I told you I'd tell you about my, my, my BFF, Rhoda. So I have a friend, and she's adorable. And she's in her 80s, and I'm not going to tell you exactly how old she is because she'll kill me. And she's she's just so sweet. She's like my grandma. And she has a son who would be like my dad. And he, he for his birth, his birthday is coming up. And so he told her, she asked him what he wanted, and so he said he needs new sheets. And she had gotten a set of sheets two years ago, and he really liked them. And so she's, he goes, just give me sheets like those. So she said, okay. So she went to go get them, and she went back to the store where she got them. And she doesn't have a computer. Nothing's done online. So she goes back to the store and she was shocked because they were $149, basically $150, which apparently they weren't even close to that two years ago. And she said, look, I understand that things get more expensive as time goes on, but $149. And I said to her, because she's a hardcore Democrat, I go, well, you know, we have inflation now and it keeps going up and prices are going up everywhere. And of course, she totally ignored that because, you know, she lo- she's just died in the wall, always voted Democrat, will always vote Democrat, you know, watches CNN and, you know, believes everything that they tell her. And so it's never going to happen. It's never going to get through. And uh, she totally ignored it. But I see prices going up for a lot of stuff. We went out to dinner and I looked at some of the prices and I thought, huh, I've eaten here before the pandemic. And I noticed like each entree was three to five dollars more than it was pre-pandemic. So I'm figuring that they're trying to recoup some of the money that they lost. You know, like maybe that's what's happening here is they're trying to to recoup some of that money. And and so I'm like, oh, okay. And so of course I tip more because that's who I am. Uh, but also, and if you, you want to jump in here, 866-408-7669, 866 866- Four zero eight seven six six nine. Are are you seeing prices go up? I can't be the only one, right? I can't be the only one. Are you seeing prices go up? But also hiring. 
We have the American Jobs Act that, that Joe Biden wants to throw trillions of dollars at, you know, to create jobs, which, by the way, the government never creates a job. The only thing the government creates is government jobs. The government doesn't create a job for a waiter, for, um, uh, you know, a, a carpenter, for anyone else. They don't create jobs. The only thing they can do is decrease regulations or make the business environment good so that a business owner will start a business or bring a business here and then create the job. So the government doesn't create jobs. But one of my friends just posted just now, 10 hours ago, he posted, he said, I'm seeing hiring bonuses everywhere. This is all backwards. There should be retention bonuses for everyone who has continued to show up to work. Yes. What about a bonus for all of your employees who worked through the pandemic, who are now showing up to work when they could probably stay home and collect just as much money as they would if they were out working? That's part of the problem. Where are those retention bonuses? That's what it should be. I see hiring signs all the time. Help wanted signs everywhere. And if you know a small business owner, you probably have heard that. Yeah, I can't get people to come back. I see restaurants that are only open so many days a week because they can't get enough servers. They can't get cooks because they're making more money on unemployment. Let's go to Julie in Florida. Julie, you're on the Brian Kilmeade show. Hi. Hi. Um, about uh, You were extremely spot on with the hiring and the inflammation. Inflation. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Inflation. Uh, I'm sorry. My tongue is tied now. It's okay. Um, the, the hiring signs are all over, and I get so frustrated. I'm driving around, and I see people on the street still asking and begging for money, but then turn around. There's signs saying hiring, hiring, no experience necessary, even bonuses. Yes. I mean, they're offering bonuses. I've never received a bonus for getting a job or, or it just doesn't make sense. And the food, I fa- it's just my husband and I, and I find myself like shopping and getting such small amounts that cost as much as I did with four people in the home. It's true. And, uh, you know, first of all, for your tongue tied thing there, just early in the morning, a little Kahlua in your coffee loosens that right up. So <laughs> That's that's the first thing. Just a little hint for you, uh, but you're right. You know, um, when I shop, when I go when I go shopping, and we have a little farmers market that comes to town, and I pay more for the produce because they're bringing it here to town. I don't have to fight traffic, and it and it keeps the local farmers with their farms instead of putting houses on them. So so I'll pay a little more for that. But our grocery store where I live, the grocery store has. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share sections all over the store for 30 to 70% off of the food that's going to expire like that day or the next day. I don't think we've had a fresh loaf of bread in about seven years because that's where I buy it. And I wrap it up and I put it in the freezer. It's that that's what I do. So I've always done that, but you're absolutely right. The cost of everything is going up because the cost of shipping is going up. We don't have as many truckers on the roads 
right? Uh, the cost of gasoline's going up. So when the cost of gas goes up, of course, the cost of shipping that product goes up. Suddenly, we have an entire generation that's getting a really good lesson in economics and how it really works. Well, the taxes are only going to go up on the rich. We're going to tax the corporations. Those corporations aren't paying that money, that extra taxes. They're putting that into the price of their product, and that goes that trickles right on down to you. So this may actually be a good lesson for some people when it comes to Economics 101. Maybe AOC could pay a little bit of attention. More coming up on The Brian Kilmeade Show. It's the Hammer Time Podcast. Fox News Channel's Bill Hammer takes you one-on-one with engaging personalities covering the critical issues of the day. Find Hammer Time now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. America's listening to Fox News. A radio show like no other. It's Brian Kilmeade. I'm really not Brian Kilmeade. Mary Walters sitting in for Brian Kilmeade today. If you want to join me, it's 866-408-7669. So we got in a conversation about inflation and how the price of everything's going up. And I've definitely noticed it, in one, especially in restaurants or if we order out food or something like that, which we did a lot during the pandemic to keep the restaurants afloat. But my husband and I are not big order outers of food. Pizza, Chinese, that's pretty much it. Um, because... Frankly, we're just too we're too cheap for that. We watch every single dime, and um, so we're talking about inflation and and, and people uh, wanting to, needing to hire employees and how we're gonna we're paying people to stay home, and they go hand in hand because when you when the government pumps money out like this into the economy. When the economy is actually doing okay, consumer spending was up far more than was originally expected. And and so that says that the economy is healthier than originally expected. We have jobs that are going unfilled, yet the Biden administration wants to throw trillions of dollars into into the economy, money that's going to have to be borrowed, which increases the deficit, which, of course, there's an interest rate on all of this. We're, we, it's like a credit card. You know, I, I try to break it all down. It's like a credit card. If you have a credit card and you're buying a lot of stuff on the credit card and you don't have the money to spend it to pay it back and you're just paying off the interest, you know what happens. The bill eventually gets so big that you can't pay it off. It happens. And and so we have we have jobs that are going unfilled. And we're giving there are there are job owners, job, small business owners who are saying, I need people so badly, I'll pay you a thousand dollars as a signing bonus just to come, but you have to work for six months. If you stay for six months, I'll give you the thousand dollars. But people are saying, no way. I can sit on my butt through the summer till September 6th when this money is supposed to run out, this extra money that we're paying people, you know, to benefit them, you know, supplemental unemployment. And I'm just going to write out the summer. And honestly, I'm not a fan of this at all. But if the government's going to enable people to do that, why not? I kind of get why people do it. If someone's going to pay me to sit at home and do nothing through the summer, yeah, I could use a vacation. I could use a little paid break too. So I understand it. Why go back to work and make less? 
866-408-7669 if you're seeing any of this. And I told you about my, my neighbor, Rhoda, who can't understand why the price of everything's going up, but she's a Democrat, so she'll never understand it. Uh, Dan, listening in Springfield, Missouri on the app. Dan, you're on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hi. Hi, Mary. Thanks for taking the call. So, yeah, I, I heard your uh, your request for phone calls. I went in and made a call to a customer. I'm in Springfield. We are the stainless steel capital of the world. And we've been looking for welders and anything to do with the stainless steel industry for, for quite some time. Since then the uh, COVID obviously hit and the stimulus package hits. And you're right. People stay home because it's it's easy money. Uh, the problem is, is that even the McDonald's in the area is giving $300 sign-on bonuses to, to go to work. I mean, we've got people that uh, are desperately needing employees to, to come out here and work. So, you know, what do you do? You, you maybe go across the, across the state lines and hire people that are living in other states or whatever. But, you know, it's, 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 it's gone to the point where uh, people are making more money to stay home. Now, our governor did shut down the extra $300 in, uh, in uh, unemployment benefits, which has taken effect, I believe, at the in June, beginning of uh, June. So that should help. But it's just crazy to, just, to, to, to think that our country's gotten to a point where it's easier to stay home and make money than it is to go out and make an honest living. It's, it's crazy. Well, it's part of the Democrats' wish and part of the socialist playbook that they want to have this universal basic income. Right. You see that tried in other countries and it fails miserably. But this is what they want, because if they can keep you dependent on the government, they can control you and they control your health care. They control how much money you have. They control your income that controls how much food you can buy and so on. Just so very quickly, Dan, if you've offered a job to someone and they turn it down when that money, when that extra money runs out eventually, which hopefully it will, uh, obviously, September 6th, I think, is the date. And they come back to you for a job. Will you hire them? Probably not. I would look at the uh, the motive of well, okay now you're, oh now you're hungry oh okay yeah well you should have thought about it three months ago when you had an opportunity to make an honest living in advance and you know help your family out or just help yourself out as an individual. I would say no. But to, you know another thing to talk about your point how the government gets you used to this it's the frog in the pot story isn't it? Yep. Pretty soon we're in a boiling pot and we can't get out. So yep. very scary very scary times. You know you're probably the same age as me late fifties. I hope I don't, I'm not aging you, but I, I never thought I'd see this come to our country. Never in a million years. I lived in California for 49 years and got sick and tired of it, moved to the Midwest and loved the work ethic. And now it's, it's, it's rampant throughout the country. The West and the East coast has taken over the way we think and yeah. we've got to stop it. But it's Dan, you know, it. we blame the millennials for it. Who raised the millennials? <laughs> it's true. You're That's the generation right. you got to look at everybody. You know, we all trash the millennials for the way they are. But you got to look at their parents who raised them that way and made them that way. You know, everybody wanted to be their kid's friend and look what happened. So uh, thank you so much for the call, Dan. And I'm sorry you're experiencing this. Let's head to South Bend, Indiana and talk to Andy listening on WMNC. Hi, Angie. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm doing good. So uh, how about you? You're a small business owner. Um, Yep. So we have a small family business and... Um, we have six full-time employees right now, four of which are part of the family, and um, we just can't get anybody to work because, like you said, they're getting paid more money to stay at home. So let me ask you what I just asked um, our last caller, Dan. So if if you had previous, I assume you've called all old employees, who previous employees, and said, hey, we're opening up, you know, come on back, come back to work, and they've told you no. 
So we actually have been fortunate enough because um, we're right on the Michigan-Indiana state line that we, even when everything was shutting down, um, we were fortunate enough to still be able to to work through most of the pandemic. Um, and we did have, we're seasonal, we're landscaping construction company. So um, we did have, you know, a slow period over the winter, um, but we still kept all of our employees on call. And um, the few employees that we did have, they just weren't getting enough hours because of the weather sure. and, and found jobs elsewhere and then and weren't able to come back for the spring. Um, so, yeah, we did try to tap out our previous employees first. Um, but when that failed, we, you know, resorted to um, job postings and things like that. And um, we're just not getting any any interest. It, there's a couple people that call, but never follow up. So, you know, we, yeah, well, landscaping landscaping's not easy. That. Landscaping is hard work. That 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 is a very difficult business, and and that is a very physical business. And, and it's, it, you're out there in the, the hot sun, you're out there in all types of weather. It's, you know, it's great in the spring, you know, you see people outside and they're planting or they're doing this and doing that. You're like, no, I could probably do that. That's a great job until right. it's, you know, 98 degrees with hundred percent humidity. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's not such a great job. So I get exactly. where it's hard to find people to do that job. Uh, but the, and then this is what happens. And then people, especially in the landscaping industry, is very well known for hiring people who are in the country illegally because those people will work. You know, they, they will work in all that weather. And then you wind up, you know, in an uncomfortable position, I would assume, of like, I really want to hire Americans. I don't want to have to hire people here illegally, but I can't get anybody to do the job because the Americans are being paid to sit at home and do nothing. Well, not only that, but the cost of everything is going up. I mean, we have material shortages with, you know, with all the um, plastic shortages and everything. We can't get some of our products. And so, you know, the products that we do get, our prices are inflated there. And then, you know, cost yeah. of lumber right now for all of our construction materials, yeah. the costs are inflated there. So it, it's just, it's a catch-22. You can't win for losing right yeah, now because of the way things are going. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that, Angie, but thank you for sharing your story. I bet you a lot of people can absolutely r relate to that. Absolutely. Um, I just quickly want to go, let's quickly go to Bill here. Uh, Bill, you're on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hi. Yeah, hi. Hi, go ahead. Oh, um, I'm, I'm, from, I'm in St. Augustine. I'm a retired uh, individual. My wife still works part-time, uh, so I do the shopping, and... Uh, what what I've noticed is at you know because I'm careful when I shop I kind of I I actually save as money it's almost like a job uh, <laughs> so I notice things sure uh, one of the things I noticed is within two months after the uh, plague started we re we 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 set up the design to uh, change design in every supermarket. And the the new redesigning required all kinds of uh, bins and uh, everything. And these are the large chains. Uh, the both of the biggest ones in in Florida are you know close to my house. They both did the same thing. Uh, they have less inventory than they had before. Yep. The uh, the low uh, production items that aren't going to sell a lot are just gone. Uh, the other thing I've noticed is that the small things like popsicles are smaller than they were. 
yeah. the price is the same, but they're like 30% smaller. Yeah. Um, everything else has gone up at least 30%. I can guarantee you that's true. Um, and as far as the hiring thing goes, we've got signs everywhere. Uh, our stores are, you know, uh, like our fast food places are offering same day pay. And that's not just one. That's a half a dozen here in town that I've seen uh, that, you know, so folks can come off the street, work for a day, and get a check when they leave that day. That's unbelievable. That's unreal because then they they just don't come back, you know. And I and I guess, I, I don't know, I, I you do what you have to do. I don't know how the fast food industry runs, but it would seem to me off the top of my head that if I'm paying people the same day, they're not going to come back the next day. You can't run a business when you don't know if you have a workforce the next day. It's impossible to do that. So I don't understand how these companies are, are, are making ends meet. And, Bill, you're absolutely right about the size of stuff, but that's been going on for a really long time. Uh, thank you so much for your call. If you've ever noticed, you, you look at a can of something or, you know, a box of something, and it used to be 16 ounces, it was a pound. Now it's like 15 or 14 ounces. And I notice it with my mom's recipes or my grandmother's recipes. It would be like one can, 28 ounces, or however many ounces it's supposed to be. And the cans don't come in that size anymore. They're smaller. You get less in them. So now I have to buy two and I have to use half a one in order to get the other. And I'm measuring stuff out because they've made everything smaller and they give you less, but for the same price. But I have to say that has been going on for years. Companies have been doing this. So that's not necessarily anything new. It may have happened again or accelerated again now uh, post-pandemic as the price of everything is going up. And one caller was absolutely right. Supply chain. I'm not quite sure why the supply chain is broken, why we don't have uh, the supplies that we used to have. Maybe it's because, you know, so many things were closed during COVID and so now they've got to ramp back up. I don't know. But to me, that's that's a little weird. I don't quite understand it. All right, more of your calls coming up, 866-408-7669. 866-408-7669 on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Listen and pick up on some things you didn't know before. You're with Brian Kilmeade. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, download and listen to The Untold Story with Martha McCallum. The host of The Story on Fox News Channel sits down with major newsmakers each week to get their untold story. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. The more you listen, the more you'll know. It's Brian Kilmeade. Mary Walter sitting in the seat for Brian Kilmeade today. 866-408-7669 is the number. And we're having a discussion about inflation and the cost of products starting to creep up. And some of them aren't even creeping. They're jumping up. Supply chain issues. You can't get what you could get before. There's there's items that are definitely missing. We're being told now there's going to be a shortage of toilet paper. The irony in that, anybody? Anybody? Uh, see, so, so there's going to be a shortage of diapers, paper products, things. There, there's not enough drivers. They're having a problem with with getting enough truck drivers because a lot of truck drivers are making more on unemployment than they were making driving. 
You have uh, you also have the cost of gas going up. So the cost of products is going to go up because of that. And also all these signs where people are trying to hire workers, but people don't want to work because they can ride this unemployment extra money until September, till right after um, Labor Day. And so they're going to do it and they're, they can't get people to work. So how do you get your business started? How do you get things going if you can't get bodies in your store to serve the customers? And there are plenty of customers. People, um, spending is up, which is a good thing. 866-408-7669. Let's head to Kentucky. Cliff, you're on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hi. Hello. Uh, I'm very surprised I actually got to get on and talk a lot of uh talk shows uh you either have a long wait period i mean days to even get on but thank you very much sure go ahead um i just want to talk about a few issues first the unemployment and then the inflation now the unemployment and that this is my sole opinion just by watching various news stations both conservative and liberal i listen to it all because i I'm neither a democrat nor a republican um in my town there are places that are wanting to pay pre-pandemic leverages, um, especially a lot of these temporary agencies. And I have seen these places, and they do not conform to CDC recommendations of wearing masks, social distancing, anything. Like you got people wearing masks. Now, the pandemic isn't officially over. It's still here. So people are complaining about people being home on unemployment. While jobs are available, it's it's just I, I don't believe they should risk their safety to go out there and work in, at companies that do not abide by the CDC recommendations. They're risking not only the workers themselves, but anybody who comes in contact with them. Now, that being said, I went to the hospital the other day because I was in an accident. Someone hit me from behind, and I went in there. They had like four people in there who were coughing their head off. I don't know what they have. I assume what they had, but they were sitting in there or, or mingling else around there. And the pandemic only started by one person. As far as I know, I'm assuming that's how it happened. It can always flare up again. So until the whole general public has common sense to abide by the recommendations that are set forth that day, which I'm, I'm sure it changes daily, it's going to continue. Well, yeah, listen, the pandemic is going to continue, obviously, but we are going to hit herd immunity. If we haven't hit it already, we're on our way to hitting it. And uh, as far as I know, I think there were like three workers in the Wuhan lab that were sick and went to the hospital. And that's how all of this started. But we're, we are doing a probe uh, looking into that finally. Um, but, you know, we, we just found out a study just came out that found that uh, masks did not slow the spread of COVID in the U.S. This comes out of the University of Louisville in Kentucky, right there. They found that mask mandates and use are not associated with lower SARS-CoV-2 spread among U.S. states. They looked at 80% of U.S. states which mandated masks during the pandemic. And the data concluded that greater mask compliance did not correlate with lower growth rates of the virus. This was the first study to feature CDC data from multiple from multiple seasons, including the winter of 2020. Look at Florida. Everybody looks at Florida. What, what did Joe Biden say? Getting rid of the mask mandate, all this stuff was a Neanderthal move, moving, you know, getting opening everything up. And their rates kept going down. Same thing for Texas. Their rates kept going down. 
So maybe the maybe those masks really weren't doing anything. More coming up on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Fox Nation presents podcasts, Women of the Bible Speak. I'm Shannon Bream, host of Fox News at Night and author of the new book, Women of the Bible Speak, the wisdom of 16 women and their lessons for today. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, foxnewspodcast.com, or wherever you download your podcasts. From the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, giving you opinions and facts with a positive approach. It's Brian Kilmeade. Yes, Mary Walter sitting in the seat for Brian Kilmeade today. So excited to be doing that. Uh, we have to get right to it. There was so much in the news about COVID. Oh, my goodness. There's so much happening with COVID. Why? Donald Trump's not president. I mean, it's pretty much, it's, it's very um, transparent as to why this is happening now. Remember when President Trump had floated the idea that, you know, this may not have made a jump from bats. This might have had something to do with the Wuhan lab of virology, right? Might add a little bit of something to do with that. And of course he was trashed for that. And it was so bad that you weren't even allowed to post anything on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, anything that questioned the origins of the virus were taken down immediately and censored. Why? Trump. Trump derangement syndrome because these people were insane and they still are. And because President Trump floated that idea that it didn't actually come from a bat, that it could have come from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, it had to be dismissed and trashed. Now that Trump's not president, guess what? It might have come from the Institute of Virology. Now all of a sudden we can talk about it. And they're so transparent, but they don't care. They don't care because it's it's 1984. It really truly is. It's it, not the real, but the book, and uh, it, it's it's all misinformation and it's all gaslighting. And what do you mean? We never said that. They're just they just rewrite history and they they edit what they said and what they printed previously, and they just edit and change it so that if you go back to find it, it's either not there or it's edited and changed, and the original is gone. It's been stealth edited. Uh, so again, up is down and down is up. So. Joe Biden was a joint base Andrews, and uh, he he has you know announced that he has started a full investigation into the origins of the COVID virus, which is hilarious because he very quietly squashed an investigation into the origins of the COVID virus that was being conducted by the State Department that President Trump instituted. He started to get to the bottom of this. So what did Joe Biden do? Because, like everyone else, anything Trump does is bad. So he stopped that investigation. He put a halt to it. Right? Because because Trump instituted it. Looking into the origins of coronavirus. We know what happened here. Now, all of a sudden... Joe Biden's a big hero. And what's Joe Biden doing? He has launched a full investigation. Here's Joe. What do you expect to get from your review, your 90-day review on where the origins of the coronavirus If I knew that, I wouldn't ask for a 90-day review. I don't know. What can they get if they haven't found in the past year? Would you like to release the report in full after 90 days? Uh, Yes, unless there's something I'm unaware of. So... It was a little hard to hear 
But the reporter asking him, what do you expect to get from your review, your 90-day review on where the origins of the coronavirus were? And Biden said, well, if I knew that, I wouldn't need to ask for a 90-day review. I don't know. And then uh, the other reporter yelling, will you pledge to release it in full? Will you pledge to release the report in full after 90 days? And Biden says, yes. But then he caveats it and says, unless there's something I'm unaware of. (laughs) Why? the Chinese are his friends. So uh, he uh, he said, yeah, we'll, we'll do it unless there's something I'm unaware of, like unless we find out. And what could that be? Maybe he's unaware. Like what if, and I'm not saying this, this is it, but what if we find out from the investigation that the Chinese purposely allowed this to spread throughout the world, knew what was happening. You had the three workers who allegedly got sick and who allegedly went to the hospital, which is how this whole thing supposedly then infected people in the hospital. And you had doctors and nurses getting sick and, you know, boom, it spreads. And we know they contained people in Wuhan, but they let people travel. Right. And they let people travel out of China and then boom, the whole world gets COVID. So what if we find out, though, that they did it purposely? Right. Do you honestly think Joe Biden's going to tell the truth about that? Do you honestly think Joe Biden's going to let that truth out there? He might, but I would be shocked. For me, my guess would be that that ain't never going to happen because Joe Biden and the Chinese are just like this. I'm crossing my fingers. They're very close, right? His son, very close to the Chinese. So I would be shocked if we actually found that out. Now, um, David Asher is a former State Department employee, and um, he was the head investigator on the team that was put in place under the Trump administration, And they did start investigating and they did make some headway. So let's see. He was on America's America reports yesterday talking about the investigation that he was a part of that Joe Biden squashed. We were finding that uh, despite the claims of our scientific community, uh, including the National Institutes of Health and Dr. Fauci's NIAID uh, organization, that there was almost no evidence that supported a natural zoonotic uh, 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 you know, evolution or uh, source of COVID-19. We said, you know, okay, let's look at the both, 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 both sources of evidence: natural uh, zoonosis, as they call it. You know, it came out of nature, or did it come out of a lab? And uh, the data disproportionately stacked up as we investigated that it was coming out of uh, a lab or some supernatural source. So in other words, when Dr. Fauci sat there and said, no, no, there's no evidence that it came out of a lab. This came from an animal. This came from, you know, research on bats or whatever he said it was and denied, denied, denied. Oops. Now, all of a sudden, Dr. Fauci is saying the opposite. Um, And you hear that from David Asher. They're saying we had zero evidence that this was not um, that this was that this was not unnatural. That this did not come from animals or anything like that, that this, this K, this was man-made. Let's go to uh, Eric here in Orlando on WDBO. He has something to say here. If you have something to say as we go through this, there's so much COVID news we're going to get to. If you want to jump in, 866-408-7669. Let's quickly go to Eric here. Hey, Eric, you're on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hi. Hey, Mary, I love when you fill in for Brian. Um, I just want to go back to the very beginning. Donald Trump saw what happened 
Well, actually, he didn't know really what happened, but he froze travel January 20th. And it's all over YouTube. Biden calling a xenophobic reactionary, all of that stuff. China went as far as froze travel out of Wuhan. China went and arrested people. I mean, they dragged people out of where they were working and put them in the quarantine. So China knew. China's not telling us we're never going to find out the truth because it doesn't serve their purpose. Anthony Fauci's been getting grilled, and he's sweating. He's going to crack. Rand Paul is doing a great thing. Um, Think about this. The virus is so bad you need a test to know you have it. Now, why does Fauci say wear two masks? Because one doesn't work? We know these masks don't work. I'm watching people drive by themselves in their car with a mask on, and people have died crashing into trees because of CO2 poisoning. And There's so much blood on the hands of a cover-up that I believe, Mary, was just to get mail-in voting and get Trump out of here. Your thoughts on all this? You know what, Eric? And thank you for that. Uh, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. I, I I do think that the old Rahm Emanuel never let a good crisis go to waste was in full play when it came to the pandemic. And I do think that the Democrats use that to get collection boxes because Anyone with half a brain, with an iota of common sense, smarter than a sea sponge, I mean, that that level can see that when you have a box that's just sitting on the sidewalk, unguarded, no cameras on it, and anybody can throw ballots into it, and we're going to count them as valid, that that is rife for fraud. You're asking for fraud. It's just common sense. This idea of anybody can walk up that day and just register, those types of things. There's so much that I do think the the Democrats used the pandemic for to further their agenda. I really do. And and because they never let a good crisis go to waste. Now, um, he brought up masks so very quickly, and then we'll go back to David Asher uh, and his testimony. But what, what he was referring to there was a University of Louisville study that just came out It was uh, that says that mask mandates are and use are not associated with lower COVID spread among U.S. states. They looked at 80% of U.S. states which mandated masks during the pandemic, and the data that they collected concluded that greater mask compliance did not correlate with lower growth rates of the virus. This was the first study to feature CDC data from multiple seasons, including the winter of 2020. And they started out with the hypothesis that statewide mask mandates and mask use are associated with lower COVID-19 case growth rates in the United States. But they concluded that their findings did not support the hypothesis. And the study states that masks may promote social cohesion as rallying symbols during a pandemic, but risks can also occur. They said prolonged mask use more than four hours a day promotes facial alkalinization alkalinization, uh, and inadvertently encourages dehydration, which in turn can enhance barrier breakdown and bacterial infection risk. In the UK, clinicians reported headaches, sweating, a decrease in cognitive precision among those wearing masks more than four hours a day. So all of that, all the wear the mask, wear the mask, wear the mask. And I, I was one of those people who was like, this is stupid. The mask is open on the sides and everything. Why are we doing this? 
And it's six feet or a mask, but we were doing both and walking one way in the grocery store. Nobody's paying attention to that. It was just, it was ridiculous. But to the point, I have a Facebook friend who who is older, 67 years old, something like that. And um, Democrat, diehard liberal. And his, his Facebook picture has the little circle that says, let's get vaccinated. We can do it. Total vaccinista has to, you know, put a picture up of his vaccination car because he's been vaccinated because he's virtue signaling. He posted... And I'm going to read this word for word. Now that I'm fully vaccinated, the CDC says I don't have to wear a mask anymore. But the CDC has offered me no guidance whatsoever on how to put my mask away without without making people think I'm a Republican. What do you say to that? I posted you should just keep wearing that or show them you're serious and wear too. But this this is what's happening. They know it's all virtue signaling, and they've gotten so used to signaling that they're better than you are by wearing their masks everywhere, even while they're driving, that now they don't know what to do. All right, more of your calls. A lot of people calling in about this. We're going to go back to David Asher, who was part of the team that uh, President Trump had put together to investigate the origins of COVID and what they had found before Joe Biden squashed the investigation. All coming up on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Challenging conventional thought and wisdom. You're with Brian Kilmeade. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, download and listen to The One with Craig Gutfeld, the co-host of The Five, like you've never heard him before. You know him, you love him, you want to be like him. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. If you're interested in it, Brian's talking about it. You're with Brian Kilmeade. The Chinese most certainly felt that NIH was supporting their gain-of-function research into enhancing the pathogenicity or the the, the virulence of uh, coronavirus uh, vectors that were radically unnatural. They were not similar to anything that resembled what could occur in natural evolution. In fact, I had biostatisticians at one of our national labs calculate the odds of this evolving in nature. And it was like one in 13 million. Wow. And then they later revised it to about one in 13 billion. Oh so, you know, to say this came out of a zoonotic uh, situation is sort of ridiculous. That being David Asher, who is a former State Department head investigator who was on the investigation that President Trump had put together coming out of the State Department that Joe Biden said, wait, Trump did this. Let me get rid of it. And he immediately, you know, and he squashed it very quietly in the spring, got rid of the investigation into the origins of the covid virus. Why? Of course, because it is uh, it was Trump. Um, just just very quickly, as we move on here, I just want to let you know that coming up, we're going to be joined by Frank Siller, who is the founder of the Tunnels to Towers organization. Such a phenomenal organization, especially, you know, great to talk to him with Memorial Day coming up. And it's just an amazing, what they do is so so worthy. You really don't want to miss that. So I, I really urge you to to stick around to li- to hear what Frank Siller has to say and the good work that they are doing. Uh, in in uh, I think it's his brother's name. Um, so that's that is coming up. 
Right now, though, we're talking COVID, in case you might have guessed that that's what we're, we're talking about, and how it's so funny because remember first they told us, yeah, you don't need masks. Masks aren't going to do anything. Then all of a sudden we need masks. Now we find out through a new study that masks don't do anything to prevent the spread of COVID. Remember all of those cartoons and all of the little videos that show how a person in the meat department in the grocery store can, can sneeze, and it's going to travel through the air all the way across to you over in the vegetable aisle right and you're gonna die and so that's why everybody's to wear a mask this is dumb because these masks like like have open sides and on the top and so i i don't understand how this is gonna work or the people who wore the face shields it's like really all of this was like sitting in the non-smoking section back in the day when you could smoke in restaurants it's like the air didn't come over from the non-smoking section into your section it's so stupid so now we find out that they don't. This gain of function research where they were manipulating, allegedly manipulating the virus in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, right? We were told, no, that's not what all what they were doing. You know, Fauci, no, 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 there's no gain of function research going on there. Oh, yeah, well, yes, there was. So we're, we're just going to go back to everything the way it was, everything Trump said in the beginning, everything that Trump claimed in the beginning that he was mocked for, you know, lost an election basically over the way he handled COVID. And we're going to find out that he was right. 866-408-7669. Let's quickly go to Florida. Joe, you're on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hey, Joe. Hello, hey, Joe. How are you? I'm good. How, How are, are you? you? Good, good. Two quick things. Okay. First thing is uh, we're never going to find out what happened in China. True. First of all, and primarily because the Chinese own this guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, we all know that. You won't say it. You can't. We know that for a fact. The second thing is, he shut down the Keystone Pipeline, right? Because he was concerned about climate, et cetera, et cetera, and fossil fuels. But he okayed the the Russian pipeline into Germany. So where are all the greenies? Where is John Kerry? You remember John Kerry having lunch <laughs> with the Pope, right? Having lunch <laughs> with the Pope, talking about climate change. Where is DOA and the squad? We're all the rest of the greenies. And of course, they're they're all it's all virtue signaling. And you talk about John Kerry and, you know, you with the information that just came out about uh, Hunter Biden, more emails from his his laptops. Uh, you find out that John Kerry's son, or maybe I guess it's his stepson, was involved with some of those um, business advent- business ventures with Hunter Biden and Devin Archer. And they were all wrapped up with Kazakhstan, Ukraine, Russia, China, the whole bit. This is all about them lining their pockets while to- and virtue signaling and telling you how much better they are than you. That's what this is about for these people. And how the left doesn't see this is insane to me. They just fall in line with the virtue signaling. You know, we were told we don't need masks. Now we, you know, w- then we needed masks. Now we're finding out that masks don't do anything. What was that about? It was about control. At least for me, it was about control. That, that's what I think. Um, there's so much more with COVID. I'm going to try to get into that coming up. And then we are going to be joined by Frank Siller from the tu- Tunnels to Towers Foundation. All coming up right here on the Brian Kilmeade Show. With Fox News Podcasts Plus, you can enjoy all your favorite Fox News podcasts without commercials. Subscribe now at foxnewspodcasts.com. Radio that makes you think. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. His agents, he gave money to the Wuhan lab that was playing around with this virus. 
Uh, he needs to tell us everything he knows about that. Uh, uh, what did they use the money for? What could they have used the money for? He says they didn't do gain-of-function research. Gain-of-function just means they, they might have turned a benign, harmless virus into a killer. And he said, well, they didn't use my money to do that. Well, how do you know? Yeah, that was one of my favorite Congressman Senator John Kennedy out of uh, Louisiana on Hannity's show. Talking about you know gain of funding and Fauci Fauci sat there and said, well no no we don't fund that we don't fund we don't fund the Wuhan lab. Well yeah you did you do fund the Wuhan lab to the tune of sixty I think it was six hundred thousand um, dollars, which by Washington standards is not a lot of money. Uh, but I want to know you know we're ca- we're catching Fauci in a couple of things that uh, seem to be untrue saying one thing and then we're finding out something else differently. And who is this guy? When did he become the sainted Dr. Fauci? When did he become the expert like on everything and get to t- and control our lives and, and decide which businesses get to be open and which businesses don't get to be open and masks and everything else. And you don't need masks. Then you need masks. Now we're finding out you never need a mask. It didn't work. Uh, all the, the, these questions need to be answered yet. Dr. Ezekiel Emanuel was on MSNBC, and they were talking about investigating the if, if there was a leak out of the Wuhan lab. We investigate that because President Trump had that investigation. Joe Biden shut it down. Now Joe Biden says, oh, we're going to investigate it again. Of course, I would assume it's going to be a different group of people, not Trump's people. And here's Dr. Ezekiel Emanuel saying, yeah, maybe that's not so important. Look, I think everyone's being honest. We don't know. And one of the reasons we don't know is China hasn't been completely transparent with all the data, including the uh, blood samples from the people in the Wuhan Institute who got sick early in November. Um, We need all the data and we need transparency. And we do need the Chinese to participate because, you know, the real issue is not how did this happen? The real issue is how do we protect ourselves from the next pandemic? Uh, and how do we have a kind of early warning system uh, for whether it's naturally occurring or a laboratory leak? We still need to protect right. ourselves so we don't have three, four, five, ten million people die unnecessarily. Am I the only person who's concerned about what he's talking about preparing for the next pandemic? I'm pretty much hoping that this is the last one. I don't want to know what another pandemic is. I, I'm granted, I have a lot of unused masks. A lot of unused masks, but um, I I said we next pandemic. We are we doing this again? But just got finished with this one. I would hope that this is one of those things that happens once every you know two hundred, hundred fifty, two hundred years. I don't think this should be a regular occurrence, but you never know because it's the Chinese and they're doing gain of function research, and we're paying money to the lab that was doing it. Was our money used for that? Eh, I'm gonna go with probably. Uh, Shepherd in Ocala, Florida would like to join us here as Shepard. You are on the Brian Kilmeade show. Hello. Hey, good morning from sunny Florida. I want to point out I'm a retired auto mechanic. I built engines and small engines, big engines and like that. So I am used to dealing with measurements in the thousandths of an inch or the thousandths of a millimeter. So let me put it this way. Three thousandths of an inch is the width of a human hair. So when you fit a piston into a cylinder, that is the, that is about the clearance you're talking about. Now, without getting too deep into it for the average person, because their eyes will glaze over, you are talking about a virus 
that is 10 times smaller from what I've read, 10 times smaller than the naturally occurring holes in the average paper or cloth mask. And so you're telling me that this mask is going to protect me from a virus that is 10 times smaller than the naturally occurring holes in this mask? So that's like saying that your fence is going to protect you from mosquitoes or from flies. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Furthermore, if I can put this mask on and I can go to a fish market and smell the fish through the mask, that doesn't sound like much protection. Now, I've worked <laughs> in a paint shop before. Okay. Yeah. When you, we put on PPE to protect us from paint fumes. Okay. Believe me, if you can smell the paint fumes through the mask, you're not getting protection. That mask had to fit very snugly on your face. You had to be clean shaven for that mask to work. Please, I am not your average idiot out there who thinks that, who believes everything the news tells me. Besides that, we are dealing with a virus. Now, I'm not a doctor with a 98.5% survival rate. Yes. Now, I have even, I've even admonished, I've even given my doctors a hard time. This is a propagandemic. That is my own word. It is a propagandemic. Oh, I am not saying it's not real. It is all too real. But it is a pandemic combined with propaganda. You know, it, it's 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 fun. I like that word. I'm with you. I keep saying I don't understand why, you know, you're going to have to be vaccinated to go to a concert. Well, the people who are in the high risk, which is really the elderly, uh, are, are, are really at the highest risk. And, of course, I think it was something over 80 percent of the people who were, were hospitalized with COVID were obese, were either elderly. I think it was over the age of 70, were obese uh, had heart conditions, uh, diabetics, you know, those types of things. But for people who were under the age of 70 and who were, you know, not obese and didn't have any of those complications that come along with obesity, you're absolutely right. Your survival rate was over 98%. So I, I, why, why, do, why do I have to get vaccinated for that again? And and you're right. There are a lot of people who may have had COVID. Listen, I had the flu last March and I got sent home. For, I got kicked out of the workplace, was sent home and I haven't been back since um, it, it, because they didn't want to take a chance. They're like, oh, you're coughing. You have to leave. I'm like, I think I have the flu. Now, who knows? I may have had COVID then. But at the time in March of 2020, it was so new that if you could breathe, they didn't want to see you. They weren't testing you because they didn't have enough test kits at the time. So I never went to the hospital or anything like that. I, I took my Tylenol. I took my NyQuil. I had a fever low, you know, less than, t I didn't hit 102. It was like 101.9. Cough for a while and was sick for three days. And then when my fever broke, I felt great, took a shower and was ready to go. And that was it. So who knows? Maybe I had COVID. I have no idea. I would love, I hope I did because I want the natural immunities from COVID. I really do. Thanks so much for the call, Shepard. All right. Coming up, Frank Siller, the founder of the Tunnels to Towers Foundation, Tunnel to Towers Foundation for Memorial Day. They are giving away some free homes to some people who are so deserving. And I can't wait to talk about it. That's coming up next on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Expanding your knowledge base. It's Brian Kilmeade. 
Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Breaking news, unique opinions. Hear it all on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Mary Walter sitting in for Brian Kilmeade. I am so excited about this. We are joined right now by Frank Siller, who is the founder of Tunnels to Towers. You can find them on Twitter at Tunnels, the number two, Tunnel, the number two, Towers. Uh, and this is this organization is named after Stephen Siller, who was killed on 9-11 and who famously took his gear and ran through the tunnel to get to the towers to help the people who were trapped in that building. Frank, thank you so much for joining us. This is such an amazing, incredible organization that you have put together and have kept going all these years. So I'm honored to have you on the show today. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. And uh, thanks for having me on this uh, all-important memorial uh, weekend. Uh, We have to remember the great sacrifice that was made for our country over and over and over again uh, since, uh, you know, since the beginning of our time. And, uh, you know, we have to, you know, not just barbecue and go and have a great time with our families, but when we're with our families, we have to tell – you know, remember those who perished. They gave us the freedoms to do whatever we want. And th- this year on uh, Memorial Weekend, we're giving out 20 mortgage-free um, Gold Star homes to these families that were left behind, the young families that left behind of people who paid the ultimate sacrifice. I just absolutely love this. I, I think this is such a wonderful gift. And I have to th- tell you one thing that I never really realized how great this country is when it comes to our vets. I know we can do so much more, but my friends from England, he served in the military for a really long time. He was in the Royal Air Force and, and got very high up there before he finally left a couple of years ago. And when they came to this country to visit us, they were shocked at how, and, and he had also worked in the Pentagon for, for the Brits as the British liaison to the Joint Chiefs. So he kind of knew a little bit, but they were so shocked at how in this country, you know, you have a military discount. You just have to show your ID that we do so much for our veterans that we really do take care of them. If you see them coming through an airport in uniform, there's a lot of clapping and things like that. And and this is just one of those things that I think um, has come about of late. And I want to say recently, like the last, I guess, 20 years or so, when we decided that it was time to acknowledge the wonderful gift that our veterans give us. And it's not just the vets, but it's their families as well. So you're giving away how many homes? So this year alone, we're giving away 200 mortgage-free homes, and we're doing that many because it's the 20th, coming up on the 20th anniversary of 9-11, where, as you said in your introduction, that I lost my uh, my youngest brother, uh, Stephen Siller, who was a firefighter, who ran through the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel with 60 pounds of gear on his back and gave up his life. And we know we went to war uh, because of what happened on 9-11. So our foundation, Tunnel to Towers Foundation, and those who want to join us, go to T, the number two, T.org, and donate as little as $11 a month to join us on our mission to help pay off these 200 mortgages or deliver mortgage-free homes. Uh, We build many of them. Um, And uh, so we're delivering 200 mortgage-free homes for the 20th anniversary. And also, I'm so proud to say that Fox News tomorrow night, 8 p.m., 
has a one-hour special on the foundation and all the great work we've been doing for 20 years. And, I mean, we're, we're so honored that they chose us to do a special like this. Yeah, I was I was going to definitely mention that. And this is something, you know, you had mentioned you know barbecues and, and things like that that we do on Memorial Day weekend. And I told I was telling the story earlier about how I, I was working in Washington, D.C. for four years, and I had the opportunity to go to Arlington National Cemetery on Memorial Day weekend. Now, it was a zoo, oh. you know, finding a parking space, but it is amazing. It, it, first of all, it's awe-inspiring. You have to see it on Memorial Day weekend with all of the flags that are on every grave that people, volunteers place on those graves. It's it's something you'll never forget. But the atmosphere of uh, in Arlington National Cemetery, it's it's so reverent. And I think that, you know, this is something that's being lost in this country, this reverence for our, our service men and women and really for what they what they have done and what they have sacrificed. So well, so so I, a special I, like this, I think, is so, so important for, you know, especially for our kids. You know, how do you get kids involved? What do you have any suggestions on how parents could get kids involved in honoring our veterans? Well, listen, we have a 9-11 memorial that travels all over, a mobile um, memorial. It's a 53-foot truck that turns into an 1,100-square-foot memorial of what happened on 9-11. But we talk about our men and women in uniform. You know, 6,957 men and women have died since 9-11. So we're going to be reading all those names out this year on Veterans Day at the Lincoln Memorial. It's one of the things we're doing for the 20th year of our foundation. And we got to remember that great sacrifice. We went to war because of what happened on 9-11. So, look, there's a great price that's been paid since on 9-11 and ever since and even before. And we should make sure, and I say this all the time, that as Americans, we should, like, make a contract to our military and first responders because we help our first responders, too. Um, that when they go to serve and they give the kids a kiss goodbye and they don't come home, we're going to take care of the young families that are left behind. And that's what $11 a month. We ask people to join us $11 a month. If we had a million people to do that, we could take care of every one of these families, not just this year, not just next year, but every single year. And how do you do that? You get your kids involved. You get them to do something, sell lemonade, something, raise $5, $10, whatever the kids can do to go towards at $11 a month, we'll uh, we'll start teaching them the importance of uh, serving those who serve us. Now, how do you decide the families? Because it's it's a a huge job. As you just said, over 6,000 servicemen and women have have been killed since 9-11. Plus, you're also helping first responders. So how do you decide who gets a home? So we we, uh, focus on those who leave young families behind. So if you were to die in the line of duty and you weren't married, you know, thank you for your service. God bless you. We're going to pray for you always. Remember you. Um, and, you know, especially day, weekends like Memorial Weekend. Uh, but we focus on those who leave behind young children. We can't help 7,000. It makes no sense to build a home for somebody that doesn't have a family left behind. So so you have to have a young family uh, that's left behind. And same with fallen first responders. A police officer that gets shot and killed protecting us, 
if he doesn't have a family, we're not going to, you know, that's not where we step in. We step in to make sure we help the families uh, left behind. If you're catastrophically injured, you don't want to qualify for one of our smart homes. We gave one yesterday to uh, Marine Sergeant Aaron Alonzo uh, in Newton, New Jersey, uh, and we do it all over the country. Uh, but we gave it to him. He's a high double amputee with other injuries and his beautiful daughter, Riley. Um, and, you know, we've given – we have over 100 of them. We've been given away under construction uh, right now. And these smart homes cost over a half a million dollars each. Sure. So it's a – it's a big task. So you don't want to qualify for one of our homes. That's for sure. But we are going to give to every Gold Star family member that dies and, and leaves a young family behind and fallen first responder. That is our promise, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. We have made that promise and that commitment, but we can't do it unless people join us on this mission. Now, when, when it comes to building these homes, and I don't have a lot of time left here, just very quickly, do you get people who volunteer to do this, people who volunteer to, you know, you get a discount on some of the, um, the technology or people who volunteer, carpenters and plumbers and electricians and all that kind of stuff? Well, we, we started out that way, but a lot of times great volunteers don't quite do it on the time schedule that I would like. <laughs> so we, we what we use is we have Home Depot, General Motors that donate a lot of money, and then the $11 a month, which is a tremendous amount of people. You know, in a fire department, there's a saying that says many hands makes light work. So uh, we count on uh, on the $11 a month and, and the great donations from companies like Home Depot and General Motors and Verizon and others. But that being said, we do have volunteers that come in, put the sod in, uh, help paint, and do those those type of things. But the bulk of the uh, is done by uh, licensed professionals uh, that come in, and we get ni- and we do these houses once we break ground in about uh, five months. Okay, if anyone wants to donate, maybe somebody's like, "Look, I don't have a job right now. I can't I can't donate the eleven dollars a month, but I can come in and paint because that's what you know. I'm I'm good at that, or I can come in and decorate, or I could do something. Is there a way that they can contact you? Do they do it through Twitter at Tunnel Two Towers? Yeah, you can do Twitter Tunnel Two Towers, um, or, or you know, go to our websites once again, you know, t two t um, and right. we do have volunteers. We have Frank, we were running, we, we were out of time here. Events. I would just want to tell everybody tomorrow night, Saturday, 8 p.m. is the special on Fox News. Thank you so much, Frank Siller, for joining us. What a wonderful organization. Living the Bream is a podcast hosted by Fox News Channel's Shannon Bream, sharing inspirational stories, personal anecdotes, and an insider's perspective on actions and rulings from the high court. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. America's listening to Fox News. Live from the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox and Friends, it's America's receptive voice, Brian Kilmeade. Hey, welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Yes, I am Mary Walter sitting in for Brian Kilmeade today. Love sitting in the seat for Brian. I'm never going to give it back. One of these days, I'm not going to get out of the seat. He's going to have to make me. <laughs> Joining us now, Shannon Bream, Fox News chief legal correspondent, anchor of Fox News at night at midnight, and author of The Women of the Bible Speak, The Wisdom of 16 Women and Their Lessons for Today. Find her on Twitter. Follow her, Shannon Bream. And she's also going to be sitting in the seat for Chris Wallace on Sunday. Shannon, you are a very busy woman. Well, you too, my friend. I'm just trying to keep pace with you. 
<laughs> oh, is that what it will then? In other words, <laughs> see, you got to look good for TV. I look haggard and tired because I don't have to look good for TV. So you don't want my schedule, that's for sure. <laughs> Ooh, it's a tough one. I know. Well, listen, in the bottom half, no one is seeing what's going on. So most nights it's sweats. There I love that. Isn't that great? It's so it's so it. nice. And we how many of us there was actually getting off on a tangent here, but during the pandemic when so many people were working from home, I think it was Walmart and Target, a lot of the clothing industry um noted that there was an uptick in sales for men's shirts and ties and for women tops, blouses, that type of thing, but no pants right. or skirts. <laughs> Exactly. And everything from the bottom half turned into elastic waistbands. Yes. As a matter of fact, that was right part now, of it. I am I'm wearing a nice little pair of yoga pants right now, cropped and uh, a T-shirt. <laughs> perfect. That is that is the way to go for the workplace of COVID. Although hopefully we're getting to the tail end of that and uh, folks can transition back in. Uh, although, you know, we've talked on the show about that, that, that the vast majority of CEOs and executives want everybody back in person. And it's really tiny fraction of people who are working from home are interested in going back. Yeah, I, I, um, made that choice. I'm not going back and I'm not working there anymore because of that decision. Yeah. I'm excited for you for whatever you have coming next. I know it'll be a great adventure. Well, thank you. I hope so. Either that or I'm going to be donning a blue vest in Walmart asking people if I can help them. So uh, so we'll see what happens. But I think a lot of people are going to be making the decision that I made and and being put in that situation Mm -hmm. where they're going to have to decide if it's worth, you know, getting up X number of hours early so you can do your hair and your makeup, uh, especially for the guys who have to do their hair and their makeup because that's tough. Um, And then sitting in traffic for an hour when, when, you know, you had all that time back and you realize now, wow, I have so much time in my day, but I can still get my job done. So it's going to be interesting to see where that goes. Um, Yeah. I think there'll be a lot of those calculations happening. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Shannon, I want to talk to you, uh, about COVID, uh, since we, we started out talking here, uh, about COVID a little bit. Um, there are now some house bills that are targeting China it would, that would launch coronavirus origins probe, which we had one going on, but we know that, you know, Joe Biden, um, got rid of it because it was Trump. So it had to be bad. And now he's going to start one of his own, but there's two bipartisan bills that are going to be introduced today. As I said, the first one uh, will investigate the origins of the coronavirus pandemic, and it's going to create a 9-11 style bipartisan commission to investigate how it started. And then the second bill is going to allow families of victims of COVID to sue China by stripping sovereign immunity from China and any other countries that have intentionally misled the international community. Here's Tom Cotton on America Reports yesterday talking about this. We could take away all of the visas of Chinese Communist Party officials and their children who they love to send to American schools. We could open up federal courts so Chinese Communist officials can be sued in federal courts by the victims of the coronavirus pandemic, just like we did for the 9-11 victims. There's really no end of the penalties that we can impose on the Communist Party for unleashing this plague on the world, and it's time to start doing that. So I I hear this, and i got to tell you, Shannon, I don't think this is ever going to really happen. Trying to get money from China, if you want to sue them, Americans aren't going to get anything. And the Democrats are really close to the Chinese. Do you see this actually passing? 
You know what? There is bipartisan support uh, for that measure and for the other one you mentioned as well. So it will be interesting. I don't think any uh, – well, I don't think most members of Congress are going to want the optics of it looking like – and it's all about the messaging with any bill that you put up on the Hill – that they are voting in favor of communist China versus Americans. So that's – you know, a lot of times bills aren't you know that cut and dry, but they're not going to want the optics of that. So I think it will be interesting. I think you'll get a lot of folks on board um, from both sides of the aisle. But that concept of allowing Americans to sue, as they've done with terrorism um, and other issues, um, bringing you know foreign governments and entities into our courts, um, it's something that has grown in popularity uh, in recent years because it does give families a way, uh, if the federal government's not willing to do it, to go after these countries. You know, listen, we have to maintain relationships with countries that we don't like, but we have to think twice about the ways that we relate with them and about money flowing to Wuhan, you know, virology lab and those kinds of things. It's like uh, Senator Kennedy said the other night with all of these difficult foreign relationships, you know, we don't uh, – it's fine if countries hate us. We know that they do. Let's just not pay them to hate us. Let's let them hate us for free. So I think until policy changes at the federal level about foreign aid and those kinds of things, that I think will get much more get China's attention um, or others in the Middle East, that kind of thing, versus us saying, well, our citizens can come after you. Yeah, I I, th- I think, yeah, because our citizens going after them, they're going to look at you and laugh because you're going to have to hire a lawyer. Lawyers are super expensive mm-hmm. and you don't know if you're going to get anything out of them. Probably not. I like the idea of keeping their children from coming to our universities. I think that's a great idea. You also have these, uh, what are they, Chinese institutes at a lot of our colleges mm-hmm. and universities. Why is that happening? Why do we allow the Chinese to indoctrinate our kids in uh, you know the the beautiful uh, the beauty of China and the greatness of their ways and you know we totally let them whitewash the prosecution of the Uyghurs and Christians and and all the other horrible abuses that they have going on there. Why do we? Why is that not a question involved in all of this? Yeah, and it should be because listen, if we're going to talk about injustices and we're going to speak out about them here or abroad, we need to be consistent because yes, we do need to talk about things that need to be handled here. Um, you know, police reform and issues of race and those kinds of things. It's good to have those conversations and to see where we can make things better. But it's tough to see some of the loudest voices on those things here in the U.S. turn a blind eye to China. I think of LeBron James. We had the thing with John Cena this week, and people uh, don't understand how uh, Americans who are wildly successful here and have a voice and like to use it for a lot of things, when it comes to China and the fact that people, you know, things that have gone on for ever with China, you know, slavery and forced abortions and the stuff going on with the Uyghurs now, that's not ancient times, that's today, um, why we aren't more forceful in standing up against their human rights abuses, which are well-documented and horrific. So, you know, just one more thing on this. I'm going to play devil's advocate just a little bit. You mentioned John Cena, and I was shocked. I was kind of, I would like to say I was shocked at it, but I'm not shocked at it because we know that China owns Hollywood. China can have them take certain scenes out or, or in, in, in a movie, or if China's the bad guy in the movie, they can, they can demand that it be made into North Korea, which happened in, I forget the name of the movie, but they changed the bad guy into North Korea from right. China because they said <laughs> we won't allow it to show in our country. But here's the thing. How many parents who are who are shocked at you know uh, the these rape factories and and the the mass extermination of of Christians and Uyghurs and the forced labor and the slavery and all this other stuff will cut their kids off from Disney mm-hmm. right how mm-hmm. many parents are willing to do that not very many of them and Disney kowtows to China all the time so I think people are outraged by it 
but they're not going to be that outraged by it. They're willing. We are in this country willing to turn a blind eye. And I think if the people are willing to turn a blind eye, it gives the government more leeway to turn a blind eye. Yeah, and we have to be honest with ourselves. What what kind of conveniences are we willing to give up if we're going to really take a stand on some of these things? Are you going to tell your kid they can't have TikTok when our government continues to have questions about national security implications where I think most teenagers I know, if I told them that TikTok was coming off their phone and going away, there would be at least a temporary meltdown. Uh, so we have to think about that. And, and like you said, companies that traditionally were very family-friendly and um, pro-American like Disney and others – um, you know, I have to wonder about someone like Walt Disney. What would he think of his company now? And how much are we willing to, um, you know, edit things out of our lives that are convenient, that are entertaining? Because when you look at the broader uh, spectrum of what they may be supporting, it doesn't line up with your own personal values. Most of, of what we are going to confront, I think, now and in the coming years is not, you know, show, someone showing up at your house and dragging you out and a gun to your head and that kind of craziness. It's much more subtle. It's daily choices about how easy or convenient we want our lives to be. Yeah, and Americans are not known for their willingness to be uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's switch a little bit because there's so much I want to get to with you. So, um, you know, actually, I have to k- take a quick break here. Can we come back and talk about transgender youth and, and a lawsuit in Arkansas? Sure. Okay, great. More coming up with Shannon Bream on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Diving deep into today's top stories, it's Brian Kilmeade. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, publisher of The Federalist, and I'm inviting you to join a new conversation with the smartest thinkers out there about the country and where we're going. Subscribe to the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. The fastest three hours in radio. You're with Brian Kilmeade. Mary Walter sitting in for Brian Kilmeade. We're here with Shannon Bream, Fox News chief legal correspondent, anchor of Fox News at night, and the author of a really good book. I have to tell you, it's, it, I'm actually, actually, Shannon, this is my summer beach reading, so I'm so excited. The Women of the oh, Bible Speak, The Wisdom well, of 16 Women and Their Lessons for Today. So um, it, it's it's such an interesting book from what I've seen of it so far, and what, this is definitely going to be me on the beach, a non-political book. I'm so excited. <laughs> non-political this summer and it's a great time i love summertime and that you can read and read and and hopefully have some fun and like you said at the beach or the lake or wherever you're going to be that's right and she's going to be sitting in for chris wallace this sunday as well so that's exciting um but we don't have a lot of time here just quickly want to get into this in arkansas there is a transgender youth who has um, sued because they, there is a, lo- a state law in Arkansas that bans medical treatment and gender, gender transi- transitioning, easy for me to say, surgery for anyone under the age of 18. Arkansas is the first state to pass the law uh, over the governor's veto, mm-hmm. uh, banning youth from receiving gender transitioning hormone treatment. Tennessee has now passed a similar law. The Arkansas law also allows private insurance providers to deny coverage for gender transitioning treatment to individuals of all ages. And it goes in effect, uh, it goes into effect uh, January 28th. So I guess it's coming up unless a court issues an injunction. Here's the thing. This lawsuit was brought on behalf of four transgender youth and two pediatricians. One of the children 
is nine years old. Mm-hmm. Nine years old. Most nine year most nine year olds' parents won't. You know, we don't let them drive. We don't let them to make life altering decisions. Why would we allow them? to decide to take a medical treatment that could haunt them for the rest of their lives. Why is this even a question, Shannon? Well, these parents are arguing that, listen, this is our child. We should be able to make those choices. And in that particular case, they say their child had been um, despondent and unhappy. And once they allowed the child to transition or begin transitioning to another gender, they say the happiness came back and the child felt much better and was less anxious. Um, And they say families should be able to make those individual decisions. I mean, nine does sound very young to to most of us to make a decision that's potentially life-altering if you uh, take steps that medically could change you forever. Um, And that's what Arkansas has been arguing. Listen, the governor, who is a conservative guy, Asa Hutchinson, said, I can't sign this. I think it's too broad. I think it goes way beyond what we're trying to do, which in his estimation is to protect kids from making these life-altering decisions without some input. This, you know, these are families now that are suing along with these kids. So, um, the Texas, uh, or excuse me, the Arkansas AG says they feel like kids are being used as political pawns, and she's going to fight this ACLU lawsuit. Um, I think it's going to be an uphill battle. I think that's part of the reason the governor didn't sign the bill, and they had to override his veto because he knew he was going to have a really tough time legally standing up to the challenges. A nurse can't give a kid an aspirin in school, but. We're going to allow a nine-year-old, because my child's so much happier. Yes, I'm sure your child would be happier if you allowed your child to have donuts for dinner, too. But that doesn't mean that you give it to them. Most nine-year-olds, especially nine-year-old girls, but this is a boy who is becoming a girl. um, Most nine-year-olds are unhappy people. Nine is a really rough age. Nine, that, that tween age and then going into your early teens, is a really, really, really hard period in life. Most people go through that period and come out the other side saying, thank God I'm never doing that again, because it's not a happy period in life. If our parents allowed us to make decisions at that age because we were unhappy at that time in our lives, I think we get out the other side of it and really regret it. Yeah, I think in Arkansas, this argument is we're talking up to 18 years old, where people obviously will say as a teenager, you understand more of the world and of your own life and what's going on. Um, And so, you know, they feel like, as I said, the governor felt like it was just too broad because the problem, one of the problems I think legally they're going to have is that it prevents things like, um, you know, hormones and different things from being used specifically for kids if they're asking for it for transgender uh, purposes. But if you could give those same hormones to um, straight kids, uh, cisgender kids, whatever you want to call them, kids who don't have this particular struggle, um, you're giving them the same drugs that you wouldn't then give to another child for a different purpose. And that's going to be their argument. They're going to argue constitutionally there's no equal protection of the laws, that if one kid can get the hormone blockers but another kid can't specifically because it's for a transgender issue, um, I think that they're really going to have a lot of legal trouble trying to get this thing upheld. But I think everybody who passed the bill knew that, and maybe they were ready for this court battle. They had to see it coming. The attorney general there certainly sounds like she saw it coming. So it's going to be a test case, I think, for much of the country to watch. Well, but but there are other drugs that are legal to give to one person for a certain use, but not legal to give to someone else for another use. So that's not unusual. Mm-hmm. So but if they're going to say, listen, it's solely on the basis of this transgender issue, so you're discriminating against, will be the argument, uh, against people who, um, because they are transgender. And I think depending on the judge and the court that you get, I think that's going to be very persuasive to a lot of judges. 
well, I just think this is the world turned upside down. I don't make let my nine-year-old make my investment decisions for me either. <laughs> and if that makes them unhappy, well, that's just too bad. You know, I, well, I don't we know. know where I, Mary Walter stands on this. Yeah, well, yeah. You know why? I have, I know two men who transitioned to became women. Mm-hmm. And they have very strong feelings about this, and they think this is wrong. They well, have I to think go through... a lot of people that are, that are out there and support transitioning for adults are, are ones who have been speaking out, and they've been censored for it. I think about I think it's Abigail Schreier, the um, author, if I'm getting her name yes, right, it is. Um, yeah. who has said, "Listen, this is this is a decision for an adult to make. I am very worried about it means what it means for children who may not fully understand the impact of what it will mean for the rest of their life." So we have seen you know adult transgender individuals and activists and supporters who say, "I'm all for this. I've walked through this. I've." live this, but I don't think it's good for children. So, you know, those voices need to be part of the conversation too. Yeah, they, they really do. Because I just see down the road, you're going to have a generation of young children who's decided at the age of nine or 16 that life was terrible and, and they, um, they transition. And now they, they're in a position where they can never go back and undo it. And they're going to look at their parents and go, what were you thinking allowing me to make this decision at nine years old? Well, and you think about, um, you know, Leslie Stahl has taken a lot of heat for her 60 Minutes piece that she had, um, where she talked to people who had transitioned, and for whatever reason for them, it was not a resolution to their underlying struggles and problems, and they wanted to detransition. And some of them were very young who said when they went to a medical professional for this, there was almost no um, real in-depth questioning, and it was seen as the best way to help them in their distress was to move them forward with the process. And many of them felt like there needed to be much more in-depth counseling and conversation yes. before they moved through this track. So yeah. um, very Shannon, interesting piece by her. Yeah, we're out of time here, but thank you so much. Kat Shannon filling in for Chris Wallace. The book is The Women of the Bible Speak. And of course, at Fox News at night. Thank you, Shannon. Have a great week. New from the Fox News Podcasts Network. My name is Kennedy, and welcome to my podcast, which will, I humbly say, single-handedly save the world. You're welcome. It's Kennedy Saves the World. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. The talk show that's getting you talking. You're with Brian Kilmeade. Our message is going to be simple personalized care for you, ensuring that you go to the doctor of your choice. No government or insurance bureaucrat gets to tell you what your health care is. We're going to make sure that you're able to have care and that absolutely you've got the backstop to, uh, to make sure that you can get that care. But we do that by allowing you to carry your insurance with you job to job by empowering you and getting uh, all of those people out of the way. If we talk about that the right way, I think it sells and I think we should go on offense on that as well as education and stop pretending that's a Democrat issue. That's Congressman Chip Roy out of Texas on Just the News with John Solomon. And what you heard what he had to say here, you know, health care is a winnable issue for conservatives, for Republicans. And I'm curious if you agree with him. I'll tell you a little bit more about what he said. Uh, the number is 866-408-7669, um, He even talks about uh, what we were just talking to Shannon about with uh, kids becoming transgendered and that movement more and more and more of them becoming transgendered. Here he is talking about girls competing with boys. Stop having Washington, D.C. telling you how to live your life. That's at the end of the day what the American people – they don't want to be told what to do. They don't want Washington coming in and telling you that some 
you know, boy is going to run against your daughter in a track meet, even though right. it's, you know, because that boy says he's a girl. Um, they don't want to, you know, have confusion about that there's, you know, two bathrooms. They they don't they just want common sense. They don't want their kids taught that America's evil in school with this critical race theory. Once they learn it, they go, wait, this is crazy. Is he right? He says that Americans can win the 2022 midterm elections if they go on the offensive about health care, as you just heard, and also schools. And you heard him say, you know, you got to stop. D.C. has to stop telling Americans how to live their life. He said it's a cultural fight that we have to have here. And they don't want their kids uh, being taught that America is evil in school. And listen to this. The, the latest national, what they call a report card, is out on our schools, and it shows that our schools are failing, when it, especially when it comes to science. Listen to these numbers. This is the most recent data that came from the 2019 National Assessment of Educational Progress Science Assessment. Just 36% of fourth graders were at least proficient in science in 2019. Only 35% of eighth graders were proficient and just 22% of all 12th graders tested at or above a proficient level in science. And these numbers are essentially unchanged or a little worse than the same figures in 2015. So there's been no improvement made on this front. All we do is throw money at our schools and hope that we're, and, and assume that more money equals smarter kids or more education. Clearly, it does not. And I think a lot of parents realized during the pandemic and homeschooling that their kids are not being taught what they should be taught in our schools. And I think a lot of parents were shocked at what they, their kids were being taught in school and what they were hearing their teachers say uh, in, on, in some of these classes. Remember, there were, there were some, some teachers who, who wouldn't let the parents listen in on what the kids were being told. Wait, why? And you're starting to see a movement towards uh, charter schools, towards uh, you know parents putting their kids in private schools, or Catholic schools. There's now waiting lists. Catholic schools that when we were begging for students before the pandemic now have waiting lists because they were open. And they're actually teaching their kids. And the parents are saying, wait a minute, you're and some of these parents found out their kids weren't qualified for the same grade level in Catholic schools or private schools because they were so far behind because their their public school education is so lacking. So is Chip Roy right here that Republicans, if they stick to the issue of schools and health care and having choice that they can win? In 2022, 866-408-7669 is the number. Let's head out to Vegas and say hello to Larry. You're on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Larry, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Doing great. Go ahead. Better than work. I'll tell you, uh, the whole thing about um, insurance for medical, you know, medical insurance. I've got stage four cancer. I've been battling it uh, for the last year and a half. It's it's in my bones, so you know it's it's null and void. But I've worked all my life. My wife works. I I can't work now. I haven't been able to work for a year and a half. But I can't barely get insurance of any kind. I can't get insurance. Basically, I can't right. get insurance. But other people that come here can get insurance and everything else. I can't get any help basically because. My wife makes too much money, and I've made too much money in my life, and I've paid into the system. What do you think about that? 
I think it's terrible. I think it's, I have a, I have a friend who is, is in the same situation you're in and, um, you know, they're definitely lower income, but they are hard workers and they don't want to live off the system. You know, they're, they're bound and determined to pay their own way. And I asked him a question. I'll ask you the same question. If you could have put all the money, all the money you put into insurance premiums, especially when you were younger and you never really used it, you just went to the doctor. Like my husband and I, basically we pay, we pay about $14,000 a year for our premiums and um our deductibles are so high that it's basically catastrophic care for us. So we pay the premiums and we pay out of pocket when we go we have to because we, we have to pay up to our deductibles. So every time we go to the doctor we wind up paying. If you could have taken that money that you paid for premiums over the years and had it taken out of your paycheck and instead of having it go to pay an insurance premium, have it put into an HSA, a health savings account that you owned regardless of who your employer was. You took it with you. And then, you know, if you wound up in a situation such as this at the age you're at now, you would have had probably over $100,000 in that account. You could have paid cash for a lot of the treatments because um, doctors and hospitals will work with you and you'll pay less if you're paying cash. Would that have been something that would have been better for you in the end? Absolutely. And, and and that's that's something that I think that we need we need to work on. That's something that I think Chip you know Chip Roy was saying that um, in in his piece here he says when it comes to healthcare, we have to make sure that you you can carry your insurance with you from job to job. It doesn't belong to the job; it belongs to you. And this way, you get to make the decisions. And and I think that. I think that's a great thing. And I've had people say to me, well, people can't save for their retirement and they're relying on social security. How are they going to save for healthcare? I'm like, well, why is that my problem? Why is that not their problem? Why is that not up to them to make the decision to put whatever they can away into that account like that? If not go on the government insurance, if you want, then if you don't think you can save, go on the government insurance, but somebody like you is going to be denied now because you've done the right thing. I've worked and paid all my life, so I'm yep. paying for all these other people, but I can't get any help. You know what I'm saying? I mean, what I do. the heck is going on? Uh, I, I I think it's a great question. I think what's happening to you is a crime and God bless you in your fight because I know bone cancer is so painful and it's an insidious disease. I don't know if it's, I guess it's a disease. Uh, it's awful. And like I said, I have a friend who's going through the same thing. So, so God bless you in in your struggle. And and I wish you the best, Larry. Thank you so much. But why can't, why can't an American citizen get insurance who's done the right thing their whole life? We punish success. We punish people who do the right thing in this country. And we look at people who do the wrong thing or make bad choices, make the wrong choice. We go, Oh, but they're not capable of making the right choice. So we're going to take away from the people who do, who do the right thing. And we're going to give to the people who don't. And we incentivize being irresponsible. Life's hard. It's a cruel world. Sometimes you have to make tough decisions. And sometimes you have to look at somebody who's done the wrong thing and made the wrong decisions and go, you know what? There's consequences for bad actions. The left tells us that all the time. There's consequences for your speech. Sometimes it's negative. Well, sometimes there's consequences for bad actions as well. And sometimes it's not pleasant. Let's quickly go to Virginia and Albert. You're on the Brian Kilmeade show. Hi. Good uh, Good afternoon. How you doing? I'm doing just great. So what do you want to comment on here about the fight here for health care and schools? Well, first off, uh, I want to say uh, to Larry, uh, my wife and I will be praying for him. 
and his family uh, that's going through this. And uh, I lost my sister a few years ago to brain cancer. So uh, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, we'll be praying for him. Oh, thank and, you. Uh, that's nice. I just want to say that uh, I've got a granddaughter here in Virginia, and our wonderful school board where she's going to school at just voted in to where. I guess in their math classes, they're dumbing down our kids and saying that they don't technically need to get the answer right as long as they know how to get there. But if you don't, if you know how to get there, then technically you should be getting the answer right. Exactly. So, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand what they're doing. It's bad enough that, you know, that they're not going to school all the way. And they're being, you know, at home. Some kids don't have access to, you know, going to school online and stuff like that. And I just wish they would all go back to school. And it's sad that they now they don't even have to get the right answer. So, you know, good luck to them all. Yeah, I, I'm well aware of what's happening in Virginia until just last week. I worked, was working in Washington, D.C. at a station there. And um, so I'm well aware of this. And they're calling, you know, it's all about this thing that you hear now, equity. It's all about equity. And equity is equality of outcome. That's what they want. They want everybody to be the same. And so we have to cater to the lowest common denominator. So because you because it's not fair if someone's smarter than somebody else, it's not fair. So it's no longer, it's, it's no longer, you know, equality, it's equity. And it's a very subtle turn of the phrase, but it totally, totally changes the meaning. More of your calls coming up, 866-408-7669 on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Educating, entertaining, enlightening. You're with Brian Kilmeade. He's so busy, he'll make your head spin. It's Brian Kilmeade. Trans women can compete in the Olympics, they compete in the NCAA, but when it gets down to the high school level, there's no guide rules, there's no rules and regulations how they can. And trans women who are truly trans, who at a very young age, you know, started proper medical treatment, they've grown up as girls, of course they should be able to compete in girls' sports. But... Yeah, some guy who hasn't done any therapy, hasn't done anything, there has to be a review board. I would be the first governor to put together a review board to review each case. It's not fair. I want to, I want to protect women's sports. I want to protect Title IX. That was Caitlyn Jenner on America's Newsroom. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner running to challenge uh, Governor Newsom out in California, uh, although apparently 60% of voters think Governor Newsom's doing a fine job. So uh, there's that, but that's a whole s- another story for uh, another day. Uh, we, we started out this conversation talking about transgender athletes and, and how in there is this, there's in Arkansas a lawsuit that's being brought because kids, it prevents, this, this new law in Arkansas prevents uh, hormones to allow kids to transition, prevents uh, that being prescribed to anyone under the age of 18 if it is for the purpose of transitioning. Uh, and, you know, the, there's a family and there's the families are bringing these lawsuits because their children are so much happier. Our nine-year-old son is so much happier because we're now allowing him to transition to become a girl. What are you doing what are you doing? Why would you? I'm sorry. I, I get that your kid's happier. However, I just don't think this is a decision a nine-year-old should be making. They don't know what they want. They're nine. 
And most middle schoolers are miserable people. Middle school is a horrible, terrible place. You want to break Guantanamo prisoners? Make them eat lunch in a middle school cafeteria for two weeks. They'll give you anything you want because they're horrible creatures. It's a terrible age. And then it starts to get better when you get into your late teens, you know, and it all sorts itself out. But, but it's it's a horrible age. I, I just don't think we should be allowing them to make these decisions. And Chip Roy out of Texas says that Republicans can win the 2022 midterm elections if they go on the offense on schools and health care. And I want to know if you agree with him. 866-408-7669. Let's go to Tony on WABC. He's out of New Jersey. Is Tony? Is Tony's not there yet. Okay, sorry. Sorry, thought he was. Still talking to Pete. Uh, and I agree with him. He talks about two things. He says, he says that uh, the American people don't want to be told what to do. They don't want Washington coming in and telling them what to do. A lot of parents during the pandemic realized that the schools that they're sending their children to, the public schools, aren't educating their children. Parents finally got to pay attention or finally did pay attention to what their children were being taught and what their children were not being taught in school and some of the junk that is being shoved down their kids' throats and how they're being indoctrinated in uh, to believe things that the parents don't really believe in themselves. And he pushes school choice. He says if Republicans push school choice, it's a winning argument. I agree with him wholeheartedly. Why don't we have school choice in this country? When it comes to health care, why does your insurance stay with your employer? Why doesn't your health insurance follow you around like your car insurance? I've been asking this question for years. Why can't, I, why can't my health insurance come with me? doesn't matter who I'm working for. It's mine. Just like my car insurance comes with me and my homeowner's insurance. How come health insurance is different? Why can't we have something like a health savings account where instead if you choose, it's a choice that if you choose to put the money into a locked account, just it's all, the only thing it can be used for is to pay medical bills, that money would be there instead of buying, you know, spending fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 a year on premiums, especially if you start when you're young. Why can't you make that choice? Why can't that be your choice? I think he's got a winning argument here. 866-408-7669. Now, Tony from New Jersey listening on WABC is ready, fully vetted. Welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show, Tony. Hi. Thank you so much. And and uh, the uh, call screener asked me, you know, what, what I'd like to speak about. And I'd just like to know, like, what do they teach in these high-end schools, like like where the Obamas were sending their girls? Uh, what are they teaching them? Are they teaching them, you know, that they're better that you know than everybody else while still cushioning everybody else and turning everybody else into cream puffs in the public school system i mean what's with these teachers also don't, don't these teachers have any scruples that or, or, or morals that they're 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 following this direction from their uh you know from their advisors on you know the critical race stuff and i mean they know this is wrong why are they why are they following this i mean you know what it it, it just don't make no sense and as far as the health, the health system goes, you know, Larry, I hope that, you know, that you do get what you need. I lost my brother last year on Election Day to brain cancer, and uh, it, it, it was a horrible, horrible thing. And, and people like Larry should get the insurance they need uh, above everybody else because of the, his condition. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I think Larry's story uh, touches so many people and so many people know someone who did the right thing their whole life, paid their insurance premiums, do what they have to do. And then they get they get, uh, you know, some form of cancer, brain cancer or, or bone cancer or breast cancer, whatever it happens to be. And then when it comes time for renewal, they get kicked off their insurance, which technically isn't supposed to happen. But they'll raise the rates so high that you can't pay it. But right. like Larry said, if I had been able to put my premiums and all the money that I paid into insurance away into an account, I would have had the cash at this point in my life to pay for my treatment. And he would have that. And I think maybe it's time that we look into something like that. Tony, I'm so sorry for for the loss of your brother. It is really a horrible, terrible thing. And I think people who do the right thing, who make the right decisions, who are responsible, are so tired of being used to pay for those who make the wrong decisions and who are irresponsible. I'm Mary Walter. You've been listening to The Brian Kilmeade Show. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.